1159 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. To a Tuesday, we focus on a different state each week, taking a look at their firearms laws and history. We also feature a gun owner's rights group and take a look at their background, focus, and successes. And welcome, everybody, to our daily pod gun show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for an hour. And welcome to everyone who might now be listening out in the podcast world. We're now streaming the shows again out to the podcast platforms. So if you're listening as a podcast and you'd like to contact us, head over to dailygunshow.com or the YouTube channel and leave comments on our videos or leave comments on the various platforms. We'll see them and we can address them in future shows. We do the show live and we stream it to a couple of different sources and we're watching the live comments as we stream live. We do it in a video format, but we don't really use cameras here as much as the screen capture. So occasionally we do reference something on the screen or talk about uh, stuff visually, but for the most part, I consider this an audio podcast. Each day we talk about a different thing. As our announcer DJ said there on Tuesdays, we talk about the Second Amendment. Uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit. There's a poll right now for people that are watching live to choose which state we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Alabama, or Arizona. And what we're also going to do a little bit later is vote what state we're going to talk about next week. And I think that's how we're going to change it up. Up until this, up until now, this season on Tuesday, we feature a state and we've waited till today, tonight, to pick the state and let the people that are watching live pick the state. If Woods is out there, could you tell everybody else to come over here that we're live or else they're a bunch of jerks? Um, because uh, that's doesn't let me get anything prepared ahead of time. Uh, I'm gonna change it up so that we'll pick next week's state this week. So you'll still be picking the state. It's just that you'll be picking it for next week. And that gives me some ch a chance to prepare some stuff for next week, you know, the week ahead. With that in mind, we are going to be picking it today. You're going to be picking it today. New Jersey, New Hampshire, Alabama, and Arizona. So one of those states. And I guess I'm going to just flip accounts so that I don't have to vote. Because right now I'm logged in with the different account. And that means it's not letting me see the results until I switch my account over. And once the internet catches up, I will be able to see the results instead of the outside. So I think we have three votes. Or do we have just two votes? Not very many people watching us live tonight. We record this live at midnight Eastern. I do that for a couple of reasons, mainly because I like to own the time slot. And sometimes we let this show go long format. We go live for a while and dig into a topic. 
This way I can do that without stepping on the toes or corking anybody else's uh, pro uh, shows or projects. And I also value the people that reset the world every night, people that are out there driving and working shifts and doing all the reset that everybody else takes for granted. So doing a show live is something I've appreciated in the night shifts when like Art Bell and other people would do stuff live. I'm not saying I'm that good, but we'll uh, do this show live uh, during the middle of the night so that we can uh, be live for those folks. Everybody else can listen to it during the day tomorrow. And if you do want to participate, stay up late with us and be part of the poll. So what are we talking about South Dakota next week? So that's the thing. Everybody will be voting. All right. So digging in tonight, uh, we got a lot of stuff we could be talking about with 2A. Since I'm here by myself, uh, Wesley's out there and Woods, but I'm not getting too much other feedback. Uh, let's take a look at the calendar. Today is the 31st, and it's a Tuesday. Thursday will be the second, and on the second day of the month, there's been a project called Every Second Matters, which we've participated in since its origin, or in gins, because it uh, took a couple of three weeks for the concept to get thrashed out. But in late 2013, a bunch of people who were uh, enthusiastic and uh, kind of psyched about the way that the Obama's 20, the, the what we should call it, the, the threat of Obama's 23 executive actions. And the results of that were anywhere, were nowhere near as bad as he, what he suggested they might be when he was uh, exploiting the situation and the emotions of so many people attempting to create laws, you know, in the aftermath of an atrocity in 2012. So in 2013, we saw that grassroots concern and grassroots action had had squashed or canceled that ambition. So uh, we, we attempted to do something to keep a focus on that awareness, a focus on awareness, something that we could do on a regular basis through the good times and the tough times to create a a community, to create a method of communication, to create a tradition, or a, I guess a, a, a tradition, uh, some kind of, a, a, well, I don't know the word to say, but you know, it's just a thing that, a thing that we do on a regular basis to a habit of getting together and chatting and focusing on our second amendment and not just news of the day, so that when it's necessary, we've created an reference an archive and we've also created uh the uh, we've exercised the skill of working together and communicating and those things are more valuable sometimes and they're taken for granted other times and you know not valued but uh you know depending on how you perceive things we're in a place now where we could definitely use all hands on deck and everybody's skills are going to be challenged here not just individually, but as a group, you know, working together and being aware of things. I've noticed that making people aware of the works that have been done has been illuminating to a lot of people. Most people aren't paying attention to the great works that are being done out there in the name of prevention of infringements or preparing to offer alternatives to the standard compromises that were offered 
traditionally when they want to exploit some kind of situation like they're doing right now. Uh, they wait till a horrible time, they get everybody emotionally upset, and then offer two alternatives. Well, there's the horrible alternative or this other alternative. And they don't acknowledge, they won't suggest for sure, and they have never been challenged with a third or fourth alternative. And now we do have those third and fourth alternatives out there. All right, well, I'm guessing that not too many people are awake this evening because we still didn't get any other votes. So I'm either talking to the wall. Let me hit my mic here. I'm just sitting here talking to the wall. So uh, at New Jersey and New Hampshire. So I guess I'll pick New Hampshire for this and we'll pick New Jersey for next week. Uh, what I'm going to do, you're not going to see this, but I, I'm going to open up a, a book I printed out in 2020. And uh, people that are people watching this in the future, but uh, watching this in the future, we're going to be taking a look at a book called The 50 States of 2A, which is a uh, a small book that we came up with in 2020 to print out uh, the Minuteman University website project. And what do we say? New Hampshire. And I uh, printed out a copy of this book a while back. We print these here in Tucson. And when I printed it, I did something and it got all flipped over. So the pages are completely screwed up and it's uh, kind of a puzzle put together backwards type of situation. So I can't sell it, but I'm using it to uh, uh, you do this series where each week on Tuesday we focus on a state and we talk about the different uh, Second Amendment aspects of the state and some gun history and firearms community and uh, industry type of history. So with that being said, uh, we're going to dig into New Hampshire. And I don't have a full page for New Hampshire. Most of these states, it's like one state per page. And there's usually typically enough stuff going on in the state to have filled up an entire page of this small book. This isn't a big book, but there's just, I just didn't find much stuff to talk about in New Hampshire. So we'll talk about what we do have, and then we'll talk about what's on the other half of this page here in the book. Uh, so New Hampshire, in this copy, the 2020 copy of the 50 states of 2A, uh, we'd start with the state of New Hampshire was the ninth state adopted into the Union uh, June 21st of 1788. Definitely been around for a while. We've got their state shape there as well as their flag. And I guess their uh, motto or slogan, probably motto, live free or die. I put that a couple, of, I didn't put a motto for every state because I don't know if every state has one, but they have one of the coolest ones, live free or die. I think it might even say that on their flag. I don't remember. Or on their license plate or something. But that guess was that was adopted in 1945, according to my research. So going in and looking at the first thing on each page would be the state. Each state has some sort of a constitution, some sort of a declaration of the state's whatever right, you know, the rights of the citizens or something like that. And most all but nine states have some version of a Second Amendment in their state level constitution. And New Hampshire is one of the states that has that. So part one, Article 2A, which is pretty cool. Part one, article two dash A of the New Hampshire Constitution is all persons have the right to keep and bear arms in defense of themselves, their family, their property, and the state. I think that's a pretty decent Second Amendment. I've read a bunch of them. And uh, that one's pretty short and sweet. And it's right to the point. It doesn't have any buts or and ifs. 
So let's get into some of the stats about New Hampshire. We've got open carry without a permit there. And I don't have any dates, so I'm guessing that means I couldn't find any initiation of that. They just have always had uh, open carry available there, which is pretty awesome for a New England state, really. Concealed carry has been May issue, and I don't have the date there, so I don't know when it when it happened. But uh, if you know, let me know, and I definitely update the project there. I do have the numbers from 2017, and there were 89,000 uh, permits. Oh, I just noticed I got a spider web. Are you seeing that in the uh, video? Oh, I have a spider web here in my microphone. Lots of spiders this year. Um, next is constitutional carry. They were the 11th state to get constitutional carry in February 22nd of 2017. So congratulations, New Hampshire, on that. Suppressors for hunting, June of 2016. They removed the prohibition on using suppressors for hunting. They were the 40th state in 2016 to do that. Uh, their state firearm, they don't have a state firearm. So that's a pretty decent run, though. We talk about those characteristics of each state each week. And a lot of the states don't have something on the board for each of those. New Hampshire does. And uh, that's pretty decent. Now, I don't have anything in here for 2A sanctuaries. That is something we would normally talk about. I don't have it in this format, like an empty slot. So that is something to keep in mind. I don't think, maybe if I'm wrong, uh, but I don't think there's any 2A sanctuary counties or cities in New Hampshire. So let's take a look at what we do have left on the uh, information here would be hold the line was a 2A rally uh, in 2020 when I put this together that had yet to be or that had happened, but we wanted to commemorate the 2A rallies. There was a lot of them scheduled in 2020. The Sig, Sig Sauer Academy is in New Hampshire, 140 acres. It opened in 1996, a, big, a good reputation, lots of good instructors, a great facility. Obviously the guns have respect and a lot of people uh, would, you know, can, would, uh, give the brand a lot of loyalty and I guess we keep saying respect. And then we got uh, LFI, Lethal Force Institute, Masada Ayub, started in 1981 and it was LFI until 2009. And then with a break, it became the Masada Ayub group. But while it was still Lethal Force Institute, Masada Ayub uh, was from New Hampshire and before he moved to Florida, I guess. Uh, he, he would consider New Hampshire his home. Someone else who considers New Hampshire their home would be Benjamin Henry. So we know about the Henry rifle. He was the six of hearts on our firearms inventors playing card deck. We've got that commemorated there, but he's from New Hampshire. Looking at other companies uh, in the industry from New Hampshire, the Thompson Center. Uh, it's been in business since 1967, but then in 2007, so that from 1967 into, until 2007, Thompson Center was in New Hampshire, and then they moved to Massachusetts in 2007. That seems like a kind of a weird move. Uh, then SIG started in the United States in 1985 uh, in Virginia, then moved in 1996 to New Hampshire, which is where they are now. R.J. Braverman which made the pen gun was in New Hampshire from 91, 1991 to 1997. So for six years, they were in New Hampshire, moved to Michigan in 2002. And then H and K, 
uh, first came to the United States in 2000, wait, US, first US made HKs. So I guess HK has been in the United States, but they first started building HKs in 2008 in uh, New Hampshire. Pretty cool. I didn't know that. Well, at least I've forgotten it since uh, writing the, uh, or doing the research. But that's what we have for New Hampshire. Again, if we're missing anything, let us know. Our goal here is to touch on what we can from the industry, from history, from the community, uh, Second Amendment, and from uh, just gun owners' history. So the rest of this page, because it didn't take up the whole page, is some of the stats we have uh, throughout the book uh, to fill in pages, but also to offer uh, more information. The whole goal of these small books is to be like a farmer's almanac, just chock full of data, chock full of information. And we do a lot of these live conversations, a lot of live get togethers where people are in a conversation and it's going in a direction. Sometimes there's a question or um, some research that needs to be done. And while websites can be handy, uh, they're not always the quickest thing. And when you know you have data in a book, like a reference guide, uh, then it can be quickly accessed. So some of this data may be interesting trivia-wise. Some of it might be interesting when you're having conversations or you're trying to create uh, make travel plans or something like that, or you're just having theoretical debates and stuff, sometimes having uh, things like what we're going to talk about spelled out. It could be useful. And that was our goal. And so these aren't necessarily critical elements. I just notice the book is falling apart. These aren't necessarily critical elements, but they are uh, useful potentially. So what we're looking at on this one, on this page, is the indoor shooting ranges. And part of the Minuteman University project and some of our other websites, tracks, websites that we've, or I mean, gun shops that we've visited on the Gunshot Loophole Tour, track shops that we have uh, been aware of or that have made history or something uh, that are relevant. And some of those have shooting ranges in them. Some of the shooting ranges are standalone but then uh, the national or the natural, I think, progression from that would be was to uh, in, to rank them, to start putting them in order of their size. So that's what we have here: the indoor shooting ranges listed by their size, and it's like two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, or something, sixteen of the uh, largest ranges um, that I'm aware of. Now, if there are larger ones, and I don't have ultimate resources, and this was written in 2020. There might be larger ones, and I know that some of them are disputed, but we'll dig in a little bit here since we're chatting and we're only 20 minutes into the show. Uh, the indoor ranges in order start with a range in Oklahoma called H&H Shooting Sports, which is uh, their uh, information says that they're 90,000 square feet. That range was opened in 1991. All right, this is now driving me nuts that this page fell out. I think the staples just failed. It didn't rip the page. Just the way that I'm opening it to this page, I guess, is too much for it. The next largest is in Florida called Shooter's World, and that's 74,000 square feet, opened in 2012. Now, Shooter's World, as I understand it, is like three or more locations, and when they put them all together, it's much larger than H&H, &H, but is it valid to put three separate locations together? There's a range in Albuquerque that's pretty nice, and it's got three or four locations now. Put all those together, and then Albuquerque's making everybody a run for their money. So uh, the next one up is Guntry of Maryland. So Guntry, like Guntry Club, I think that's where that comes from, I think. 
uh, 64,000 square foot. And you know, I'm trying to remember now from doing the research on these, I think both of these two I'm gonna talk about were made recently as large country club-like shooting ranges. But I think that gun tree, oh no, I'm actually thinking of one in Rhode Island here in a minute. Uh, but all of these were made recently, but this, this one is kind of fancy. So then we have the Colonial Shooting Academy in Virginia, 60,000 square feet, the Gun for Hire range in New Jersey that hosts, uh, often hosts the uh, Tony Simons uh, 2A4E diversity shoot. The uh, Gun for Hire range is 56,000 square feet. And I know he's boasted that he's gonna have the largest shooting range uh, in the country. So we'll have to take a closer look at that uh, whenever it comes time to redo this project or update this project. We got Vance Outdoors in Ohio, which is 56,000 square feet. Now I have been to that. I've actually been to all of these except for, well, I've been to most of these. I haven't been to Gun for Hire on some of these newer ones. But I've been to Vance. I've been to the range at Austin, 52,000 square feet. I would have definitely thought the range was bigger than Vance. Uh, but I, maybe I haven't been to that Vance. I've been to a couple of the, I've been to one or two of the Vances, but I think there's four. The range at the preserve is in Rhode Island, which is a pretty small state, but they have a 50,000 square foot place, which is pretty neat because it was being built. And as I was doing the research, it had recently been built or was in the process of being built. But I definitely saw a lot of the pictures of construction, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's built in the side of like a hill. They build a 100-yard indoor range and then covered it in the side of the hill. So it's really neat. Uh, definitely cost some bucks. Mission Ridge in Texas. Uh, I'm not sure if I've been to that one. Sportsman's Elite in Texas. I think I've been to that one in San Antonio, if I'm thinking of it. Machine Gun Vegas in Nevada is 10,000 square feet. Now, that's not one of the largest by any means, but it is a fairly large place, and it is cool. Um and machine gun BB is cool, so we put that one in there. And then the Centennial Gun Club in Colorado, again, one that we visited, and another gun tree club, that, that one is in Denver. That's only 5,000 square feet, and that's what I would have thought the range at Austin was, but evidently it's a lot bigger than I thought. So that's uh, this half of the page. The other half was the information about New Hampshire. Now, next week, we'll talk about New Jersey, and New Jersey does have more to talk about. Uh, let's see if we've got it. Uh, should be actually pretty close to right there. But again, this thing printed out pretty weird. So yeah, New Jersey will take an entire page, and uh, we'll have more to talk about there. I can close this and go back to the main page here. And yeah, nobody's really showing up tonight. And this is uh, not you know not only a live show, but it is uh, often uh, you know, we use the contribution of the live audience. So that was pretty much mostly what we do on the show. We'll also feature a two-way organization. So I'm going to jump over to uh, the Minuteman University, and we'll just jump down into resources and head over to Gun Owners Rights Group groups and we got a list of them here and since we're talking about New Jersey uh, we'll just take a look we've got the New Jersey Association of Rifle and Pistol Clubs that was started in 1934 uh, we've got a couple of others actually here's what we can do I don't even have to go search for all these I can go in and then click on New Jersey and that'll show me everything that's in New Jersey so we've got the 
2A, 4E. Second Amendment is for everyone. It's called the Diversity Shoot. That's held, hosted by Tony Simon, who we have uh, co-hosts with us on Saturdays when we do the Ask Gun Questions show, where we let people ask questions and we answer them. Uh, Tony's uh, been doing the 2A4E since 2015. We have the New Jersey 2A Society, Second Amendment Society, and that's an organization that started in 2010 by Frank Flamingo, and he's been on quite a few uh, podcast and done some interviews. So that story is out there. They've done a lot of work and continue to do work. Uh, did we mention Henry Repeating Arms started in 1996 and they're in Bayonne, New Jersey. Uh, so they're no affiliation with Benjamin Taylor Henry. Uh, they started by in 1996 by Louis Imperado, the son of Anthony in Brooklyn, New York, and they secured the trademark to the name. Um, they made the first Henry's lever action in 22 in 1997. Their headquarters is in, in Bayonne, New Jersey. They manufacture in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, and they started doing that in 2007. In 2012, 19, I asked if uh, I could visit the plant of the place in Rice Lake, and they told me that they don't do that. Uh, then um, I guess that's about it for them. Then you got Alexander Rubian, who uh, founded the, did he find, well, he's, he's the president of that NJ2AS, New Jersey Second Amendment Society, uh, since 2015. We got Teresa Inneker, who is the director and trustee for the CNJFO, the Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners. She's also a writer for Truth About Guns and the DC Project Director for New Jersey. I link whenever I can to people's uh, interviews and conversations with Riding Shotgun with Charlie. So there's a link there, as well as the cartoon I do whenever I do cartoons. Uh, Second Amendment advocates for our projects, I'll include them on these things. We got Tony Simon, like I say, he's been doing uh, the diversity shoot 2A4E since 2015. He's called Simon Says Train, which is his YouTube channel. It's been up since 2013. One of his projects is to work with a place called BCG Wear, a t-shirt place. I'm actually wearing this shirt right now. And uh, uh, these shirts are 10 bucks or something. They're very inexpensive and they allow us as Second Amendment activists, one, to wear a shirt, shirt that's cool blue and it's awesome but it also is something that if we all showed up at some place together we could all be wearing this shirt it's easy enough to bring this shirt or dc project shirt and then you can show unity and you can have some effect uh, with the uh, optics of the situation there's frank again founder i guess of new jersey second amendment society in 2010 and then uh, from 2010 to 2015 he was the director He's still out there doing things. I think he's one of the people that got a black eye one time doing some stuff. So he kind of took himself out of the running, uh, out of the public eye, slowly bringing himself back in. We got the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, the official NRA state association in New Jersey. And a lot of people who, you know, favor one of the medium-sized federal level three-letter organizations who are quick to dismiss the NRA and their size and scope. 
are you know just as easy to dismiss that there are state level organizations and while sure they do help bring in the 345 million dollars that the nra uses each year to do the hunting and the competitions and the children's education and the law enforcement side and the museums and the infrastructure and the safety classes and be the brunt of every anti's attacks and rage they also have these state level organizations which uh, are like the roots of the tree or the tentacles of the octopus or the branches or however you want to say you know they're that parts of the entity and uh, part of the stuff that people don't pay attention to if you kill the trunk of this tree do these state level organizations wither and die as well without an infrastructure that's maintained with the collaboration and redistribution of resources that an entity the size of the NRA inside of our community only can provide. It's easy to dismiss all that stuff if you don't even know what it is or pay attention to it. But uh, there's there's places out there that'll hate these organizations because they're not independent or rogue enough as if only rogue and independent organizations can do what the infrastructures and stuff are providing. Anyway, next we got Stoger, established in 1923. They're in New York, New Jersey, and Maryland, but whatever. 1923, Stoger issued a price list from a New York City shop. The sole authorized importer of Mauser and Luger guns and ammo. Uh, then they became the biggest firearms retailer in New York City. This is obviously after Bannerman. They then became located in South Hackensack, New Jersey. Then they became Stoger Publishing Company. Uh, which is the author of the Shooter's Bible. In 1990, the Stoger Company was purchased by a Finnish rifle manufacturer, Seiko. And the American-made version of the Luger started in 1944, and in 2000, Seiko was acquired by Beretta, placed under Beretta USA, and moved to Ackabak Black, Maryland. So Stoger, there you go, part of the Shooter's Bible, part of... Luger, part of Finnish Rifles, and part of Benelli and Beretta. So, Stoger, did you know any of that? Ivor Johnson, I guess I knew all of it because I wrote it down, but I don't remember any of that. Ivor Johnson uh, made bicycles and motorcycles. Uh, Ivor Johnson is a dude from 1841 to 1895. Uh, he was educated as a gunsmith in Norway. He had a gun store in Norway, then he immigrated to... Worcestershire, Massachusetts, made a pepper box pistol for some guys. Then he created the Johnson and Buy Company. Then that was bought out and they changed their name to Ivor Johnson. The name changed to Ivor Johnson Arms and Cycles, moved to Massachusetts, where he worked for, you know, Mossberg worked for him during that time. Johnson, Ivor Johnson died of tuberculosis. His kids took over. Louis uh, Imperado purchased the name and moved it to New Jersey. And then uh, investors bought Ivor Johnson and moved it to Arkansas. And then uh, it was owned by American Arms Corporation, AMAC. And then it was reopened in name only in Rockledge, Florida, under another manufacturer and importer. And now they're making 1911s, and now they just made a four-barrel Derringer at the last SHOT Show. So, Ivor Johnson, you're welcome. Crazy history there. I guess that's all I got in New Jersey.
So I don't have anything else right now. But that's uh, the kind of stuff we have over on Minuteman University. It's a lot of stuff that goes in a different directions because that's our that's our community, that's our industry, and that's what we're trying to express over there. So we'll do that each week on this show on Tuesdays. I wanted to pick some organizations, so I was able to go through and just pick like all the organizations and activists that I had in uh, New Jersey listed so far. Again, if you know of any organizations I'm missing, let me know. We'd be more than happy to include them if they're valid and they're not raising our resources. And if you'd like to be part of the show, join us at midnight. I see Gunmetal Guy joined us to uh, say hey. And no, we're not going to be talking about South Dakota next week. Next week, we'll be talking about New Jersey. Oh, I guess we just talked about New Jersey right now. Dang it. I should have been talking about New Hampshire. So let me go see if there is anything in New Hampshire. I don't have anything in New Hampshire even in here. I can already tell. Um, let's see. State, pro-state, state pro-rights organizations. Let's do that. And if I go into this list... And look at New Hampshire. You've got the gun owners of New Hampshire. You got New Hampshire's Firearms Coalition and New Hampshire Sportsmen's Caucus and Pro Gun New Hampshire. So now I'm going to go down my list over here, and I guess we're going to end up talking about all that stuff from New Jersey next week. So spoiler alert: we're going to talk about all that stuff again. New Hampshire. All I got is the New Hampshire Sportsmen's Caucus, and I do not have a link. So I'm guessing that's either going to go to Facebook only, which I usually don't link to. Or it's going to go to nowhere. So New Hampshire's Congressional Sportsman's Foundation goes to the congressionalsportsman.org. And unless I'm wrong, that's a, a different thing. No, no, it says New Hampshire's 141,000 sportsmen contribute over $255 million. Wow. Wow. Wow, are they each donating $500,000? Does that even work? That doesn't even work. Let me go look. How can that work? So 255 divided by 141 equals it's like two grand each it costs you two grand to be a sportsman in new hampshire just fyi don't go to new hampshire if you ain't got two grand to be a sportsman um i guess there's a bunch of four thousand dollar sportsmen that let the poor sportsmen do their thing i don't know and support four thousand jobs that's not very many jobs but whatever considering 255 million dollars Working with the CSF, Congressional Sportsman Foundation, in a coordinated effort to protect and promote the sportsman's tradition, traditions of New Hampshire, are members of the Commission, Congressional Sportsman Caucus, Governor something, Chris Sununu, and the New Hampshire Legislative Sportsman's Caucus. All right, well, I guess I need to add this to the list. A uh, network of pro-gun, pro-sportsmen governors who work to advance the sportsman's agenda. I don't care about sportsmen, guy. Guess what, dude? I don't care about sportsmen's hardly too much at all. Um, that's interesting. So the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. Do you think this is one guy? Or I'm going to the About Us page. Since 1989, has maintained a singleist 
Are you kidding me? Since 1999, or excuse me, since 1989, the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation has maintained a singleness of purpose. Oh, I guess that is a word. That has guided the organization to become the most respected and trusted sportsman's organization in the political arena. Well, first off, dude, bro, I don't care about sportsmen. And that's sexist. Could be sports people. Uh, mission to work with Congress, governors, and state legislatures to protect and advance hunting, angling, recreational shooting, and trapping. I don't care about trapping at all. And guess what, dude, bro? I don't care about any of that stuff. So that's neat. But this is potentially skirting issues and definitely not addressing Second Amendment focused issues. So maybe I didn't put them in because this seems like a hunting organization or at the, at the best. Let's just say it's a hunting organization. I'm looking at the about page and all I've seen is a bunch of butts. You know, like, oh, we're Second Amendment, but except they don't even say that we're Second Amendment part. It just starts out with butts and it just keeps going with more butts and butts and butts. Um, it's using a bunch of kind words that allude to adjacency to firearms, but don't actually even say firearms in here. Sportsmen is about as close as they get to firearms. So board, the Congressional Sportsman Foundation is governed by a board of directors, compromise of leaders from the sportsmen's community and allied industries. Uh, each of these individuals made a commitment of service to the mission. Uh, they got staff. They got an ambassador program and employment. Your opinion counts. Vote here. So your opinion counts. That's why we put it the last thing on the page with a fake button. All right. That's why I'm not putting it in there because I don't know nothing about it. If you're from New Hampshire and you know something about the New Hampshire Sportsman's Caucus, I'm interested. I got them listed. I don't have a link to them because I'm suspect. I don't know them. I don't know what the deal is. Unfortunately, you're a factor of being a tiny state that nobody ever hears about or talks about because nobody ever does anything in New Hampshire that everybody talks about, I don't think. Except for well, all that other stuff was New Jersey. All right, well, so New Jersey, we'll still have some other things to talk about. We'll probably talk about some of that other stuff. Maybe we can have uh, some kind of trivia type of thing going on at some point about uh, state-level 2A stuff again. Actually, we've done that already on Wednesdays, but uh, I might add some of these other, well, newly discovered facts that I already knew, I guess, because I wrote them before. So there we go. That was the thing for this weekend or for this week. Uh, thanks again for the people that did show up. I'm not saying that the uh, robot calculators no sound effects. I don't have sound effects. I should get some probably. With that, we'll say thanks again to the people that are listening in a podcast format. This is a visual medium that we use as an audible medium, and then we blur the lines by pointing to things on the screen all the time. So give us some feedback from the different platforms that are out there, what kind of stuff you're interested in, what kind of stuff you might be uh, looking for. We go from like this, short, this is kind of a short show, under an hour, to every once in a while, uh, shows that are multiple hours and then occasionally very long format shows if there's something important going on All right, that didn't work. I yawned and didn't even mute for the whole yawn So hopefully you didn't hear me yawn the whole time, but uh, with that we're gonna wrap this one up. We'll be back tomorrow with the uh, Ammo quiz it is our 10th tactical quiz. That's tactical quiz number 10. So we'll be doing the one centimeter 
technical quiz. It's also on Wednesdays, um, Cape Gunworks does a live feed, uh, barbecued over on uh, YouTube, often does his 2A Women Wednesday series. Uh, and then uh, FOSS will do a get together in the evenings for anybody that wants to have a non-scripted evening chat. So join us tomorrow at midnight Eastern. If you're listening on one of the podcasts, feel free to download some of the back issues and explore them and give us some feedback. Till next time, thanks for watching. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. Tonight's episode, Photo Finish. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com. Do, 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 do.